Five, and welcome to Any Days, JP Morgan Global Research Podcast, where we take a look at some of the drivers behind the biggest trends and themes across fixed income, currencies, and commodity markets. I'm Matteo Mambrin, strategist within the European Rates Derivative Strategy Team at JP Morgan, and today I'm joined by my colleague Kagendra Gupta, a senior member of the team, to discuss the most recent dynamics impacting the ongoing bond future rollover for Eurex traded contracts. We are recording this podcast on Wednesday, August 30th, 2023, and our comments today are based on our recently released publication discussing the September-December Eurex interest rates future roll, which is available to institutional clients of JP Morgan on our JP Morgan market website. So, Kagendra, we recently heard the discussion from our U.S. colleagues over the U.S. future rollover outlook, which offered an intuitive explanation of the mechanism guiding the U.S.T. future market including the estimation of the delivery option value and its impact on the future role. Before I begin with my question, could you please elaborate what are the differences between the USD futures and the Eurex futures? Thanks, Matteo. Indeed, uh, our US colleagues, Srini and Ipec, explained very intuitively the main drivers of the futures market and specifically the intuition related to the delivery option value. So just to recap, Uh, USD and for that matter, GBP features as well, entail three types of optionality within them. First, the switch option, which essentially accounts for the fact that the short or the seller of the features contract can deliver any bond from within the basket. So switching from one bond to another and the option value associated with that switch. Second, the carry option, which relates to the timing of delivery of the bond. This optionality can be seen as an American style option where the seller can decide when to deliver within the delivery month and is usually guided by carry considerations in holding the underlying bond. Finally, the third is the wildcard option where the seller has until in the US 8 p.m. Chicago time on the final delivery day to decide which bond to deliver even though the contract stops trading at 2 p.m. Now, while some of these considerations applies also on this side of the Atlantic, UREX contracts, which I recap, ranges across several different types of EGBs as underlyings, such as German bonds, OAT, BTPs, among others. They do not include the so-called carry optionality as is there in the uh, UST futures. UREX futures Stops, the contract stops trading at 11.30 a.m. UK time on the last trading day, and the seller has until the end of the day, that is 4 p.m. UK time, to deliver a bond against it. So in that sense, the delivery optionality in Eurex futures resembles more like European options as opposed to the American nature of the American U.S. futures. Now, On top of this, additionally, there are also some relatively minor structural differences between uh, mainly the Buxel, that is a 30-year German features, and other future contracts. For example, uh, Buxel features have a notional coupon of 4% versus 6% uh, notional coupon for other UREX features and uh, USD features. But on the topic, Agendra, let me ask you a couple of additional points, just to clarify. So first, what is the relevance of 4% versus 6% notional coupon? And second, how do we estimate the switch option value in this futures contract? 
I assume calculating the carry option is essentially competing the cost of carry of the CTD and the wildcard optionality as a function of intraday volatility. Yeah, um, the notional coupon is relevant in calculating the forward price uh, of the futures contract and hence the conversion factor of the bonds that is very relevant in estimating or in pricing the futures contract. More intuitively, if the forward yield is equal to the notional coupon, so let's say at 6%, then all bonds in the basket will become equi-CTD with futures trading at 100%, even though I highlight that all these bonds in the basket differ or could differ in terms of spot price and the, more importantly, the duration. If we extrapolate, this implies that as yields decline from the notional coupons, bonds with the shortest duration in the basket will richen the least in the basket and will thus become the dominant CTD. And the reverse is true as yields move higher. For now, with 30-year German, uh, German yield still hovering around 2.5%, the shortest duration bond will be the CTD and most likely a dominant CTD. Now, along similar lines, the CTD for other EREX futures is also generally the shortest duration bond uh, in the basket as the notional coupon is 6% and is still very far away from current yields, which is hovering around 2.5%. Now, this also brings me to your other question on the switch option value calculation. Yields being far away from notional coupon does not necessarily mean that the futures contract is devoid of any switch option value. The volatility of bond yields and the volatility of yield curves themselves becomes the fundamental drivers of switch value calculation. Here at JP Morgan, we use a two-factor model, which uses these two variables I just mentioned, assuming that these are orthogonal to each other, and then we estimate the switch option value. Now, intuitively, higher the underlying volatilities, that is the yield volatility and the curve volatility, higher is the switch risk, and therefore higher is the switch option value. This is complicated as it sounds, but don't worry, we have primers with us that focuses in details on this topic, and we encourage any interested listeners to contact us for more details on this topic. Oh, that's much more clear. But so, knowing all this, how can we approach the role analysis? Which drivers should our clients look in the UREX futures role? On this, Matteo, let me begin by saying that open interest in this German futures contract outpaced significantly the number of futures that goes into delivery, as several investors typically roll their positions quarter over quarter to maintain their duration exposure and prefer not to go to delivery. So to facilitate the role, the exchange quotes directly the spread between the two contracts, which becomes the object of our rollover analysis. In a sense, the optical spread, which is the difference between the two forward price, assuming there is only one bond to deliver. In reality, bond feature contracts might contain several eligible bonds, and the choice given to the short position is indeed the delivery option, which we also need to account, in addition to factors that would impact the forward prices of these futures separately such as the yield and the curve moves, as I was mentioning earlier. These are essentially two basis trades joined together, 
And just for completeness, a basis is just the difference between the bond price and the futures price after adjusting for the bond conversion factor. So overall, doing a role analysis is basically taking a view on two basis trades separately and the factors impacting the basis obviously play a dominant role. In scenarios where both front and back futures share the same dominant CTD, the role analysis is uh, simple and essentially taking a view on the underlying funding rates, or more specifically, forward funding rates between the front and the back uh, delivery month. Increase in forward funding rates implies that the back CTD is richening relative to the front CTD, which implies that the role is decreasing. Now, I highlight that the convention is to define the role as the front price minus the back price. In the, ultimate, in the other scenario where the two different futures contracts present different CTDs, it is then likely to observe a role directional to yields as both CTDs are presumably dominant. We generally do not like uh, having our roll calls uh, dependent on yields, and therefore we always take a view on the duration neutral calendar spread. There is also some intuition behind this as investors are likely to roll in a way so that their overall duration exposure is retained. And therefore du doing duration neutral analysis makes sense to us. In such scenarios, the role is, uh, in scenarios where they share different dominant CTDs, the role is mainly driven by the volatility of the yield spread between these two uh, CTDs. One can further dissect what drives this yield spread, uh, and I would like to point our listeners to our research publications for further details uh, on this, without going to too, uh, too much in, uh, in this podcast. Now, finally, uh, evolution of delivery option value, mispricings between CTD and the futures, and to some extent, positioning could also play a part in the role analysis. Now, again, we discuss all of these drivers in details for various UREX features in our recently published rollover analysis. Okay, so now that we have all the main tools to understand the analysis, I believe we can go a little bit more in details of the role. So, do you have any strong views on the September 23, December 23 role? Indeed. On the German features overall, it's a mixed bag. The Buxel and the Bund rolls, which is the 30-year and the 10-year uh, futures, respectively, they share a dominant uh, CTD. Now, following our discussion previously, this means they are likely to be mainly driven by funding rates, which is itself a composition of the, as I was mentioning, the three-month rate between the September and the December uh, delivery months, and the repo specialness. Um, on the former, we believe that the ECB will skip a September hike, and thus the 17 or 20 basis point of hikes priced by the October meeting seems a bit too much uh, to me, and we are biased for a decline in this. On specialness, we believe it has declined already significantly um, over the past few weeks, but we expect a partial reversal of this trend with some increase ahead of us. Together, these factors in, uh, support a bullish bias uh, on Buxel and Bunroth. So if you are long the front contract, which means if you're long the September contract, we would recommend holding on to these positions and roll as late as possible. On the bobble and shots features, we are bearish on the duration neutral calendar spread, primarily due, due to the expected flattening of the CTD yield curve. Now, Matteo, let me turn around and ask for your views 
on the 10-year BTP and the 10-year OAT rolls? Sure. So on the 10-year BTP, we maintain an overall bearish bias, uh, mainly supported by some expected reduction of the repo specialness and some decline in the value of the net optionality. On the 10-year OAT, we hold a neutral bias instead. In fact, while we expect some positive impact on the basis from the reaching of the funding rates, this is likely to be offset by the decline in the net optionality. Well, Matteo, thank you for that. I believe we have a good general summary of the role and it might be a good moment to end our episode now. To all our listeners, stay tuned for more updates on the fixed income space here at uh, here on at any rate. This communication is provided for information purposes only. Please read the JP Morgan research reports related to its contents for more information including important disclosures. Copyright 2023, JP Morgan Chase & Company, all rights reserved. This episode was recorded on August 30th, 2023.